The Nationals add Joey Gallo to the 40-man roster. What will he mean for the Nationals? What position will he play, and what will he mean for the Nationals offensively? I'll discuss next on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Hello and welcome in to this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at TalkNats. It's playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds. Stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. And let me tell you something, guys. I am not the kind of guy that was that big into online betting until I discovered Bet Online. And you know, the thing that I love about it the most is that, say, I am watching one of these football games. Let's, you know, my football team is not in the playoffs anymore. I still have skin in the game with Bet Online, as I can put some money on the game. And it makes watching the game that much more exciting. So head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So the Nationals make a signing that uh, is for the big roster. They've made some smaller moves this offseason, but they've done their best to try to address positions of need this offseason, not, you know, these sexy names that garner the response that a lot of other moves have caused thus far, but the Nationals uh, did make an acquisition here, yes, for the first time in 42 days. Uh, They made a move that involved the 40-man roster. Joey Gallo is going to be a National, the 30-year-old slugger having agreed to terms on a one-year deal that guarantees $5 million plus the potential for another $1 million earned in incentives. Um, so that is potentially that uh, he is going to be on the big roster. We don't ultimately know where he's going to fit in. I guess a lot will be determined in spring training that is closer than anyone thinks. But at least on paper, uh, it does appear that they made uh, a semi-decent acquisition. I guess I got to say he doesn't light up uh, the score sheet as far as his batting average is concerned. But uh, they did make a move to address a position of need. He'll need to pass a physical, and the team will need to clear a 40-man spot for him. But then it'll be all official, and our long winter nightmare will be over, writes Masson. So uh, a little bit of hyperbole there, a little bit of sarcasm, but ultimately the Nationals are trying to plug and play uh, different players around the lineup until the next wave of young prospects comes. We know who we're talking about, James Wood. We're talking about Dylan Cruz, Brady House, etc. So that is why they're not going out and making that big marquee name signing because they have really great players in the wings that will be able to join this team sooner than later is ultimately my hope here. If you take a look at it, the Nats hadn't really made any big moves uh, since December 12th when they signed Nick Senzel and Dylan Floro. Um, so it's been a while. And, uh, you know, you could take a look at it and we could argue about the significance of Nick Senzel and Dylan Floro. Again, not necessarily names that are going to garner a oh-wow moment uh, more than they are just trying to address positions of need, at least in the short term. 
But taking a look at it here, uh, the Nationals lacking more than anything else. Power, especially from the left side of the plate. Rizzo and Davey Martinez made no secret about their desire to improve that position. Um, if you take a look at it, after watching their team rank last in the National League with 151 home runs. Um, there are, you know, players on the Nationals that have pop in their bat from time to time. You take a look at Lane Thomas. Uh, you take a look at Stone Garrett. Um, you know, you take a look at Manessis, that there are guys around uh, the diamond uh, that can actually hit home runs. It's just not on a consistent basis. And, you know, when you make these statements about, you know, there are players on the team that can hit home runs, um, it, you know, those are good stats for the Nationals. But as Major League Baseball as a whole, sometimes that is a bit lacking. But just, you know, being honest about uh, Joey Gallo and what it means for the team has hit 150 homers over his last six seasons. That's only six fewer than Bryce Harper in that time frame, only 10 fewer than Juan Soto. His 21 homers last year would have ranked second on the Nats, trailing only Lane Thomas, who, uh, excuse me, would have ranked third among Nat reg Nats regulars, trailing only Jamer Candelario. So it is going to ostensibly uh, be an upgrade in the home run department as long as he can get that same kind of production that he's had uh, historically. Let's really hope uh, that that is the case. But he brings more to the table than that. Uh, he also is good at drawing walks. Uh, as a team that ranked last in the NL with 423 bases on balls, only one regular owned a walk rate better than the league average of 8.8%, and that was Alex Call who drew walks at a rate of 12.1%. Gallo's last season uh, was 14.5%, just a tick below his career mark of 14.8%. So uh, he is uh, addressing those positions of need, a little bit of pop in the bat, uh, as we've established there, not necessarily hitting for a good overall batting average, and he's good at drawing walks. So again, these small moves... Uh, that, uh, you know, kind of what were expected from the Nationals. You know, when you saw them sign Floro and Senzel and now Gallo, they were kind of what I had expected for the Nationals. I ultimately still think that they're not done. I think that they're still going to try address uh, a starting pitching, you know, maybe swing for the fences a little bit and get more of a big-name starting pitcher to address that uh, starting rotation there just because I think it's a young staff uh, that ultimately they need that veteran leader on the team. Will that be the case? I guess that remains to be seen. But getting back to Gallo, you know, talking about his home runs, uh, that doesn't necessarily make him an elite player. And I'm not saying that he's an elite player. Uh, if you take a look at his batting average, a .197 career batting average. That is definitely lacking in the luster department and ultimately something that the Nationals are going to need to try to improve or just accept for what that is. It is a guy that hits uh, for a pretty low batting average. But, you know, uh, what they're doing right now, like I've talked about in the show, is they're getting these small moves, these players that have potential or at least perceived potential to, you know, kind of fill these gaps until the big names show up. Um Having at uh, hit even worse, .177 last season for the Twins, he struck out 42.8% of the time, way more than the Nats' worst strikeout guy last season, Thomas, who had 25.8%. Uh, so, you know, taking a look at it, uh, there is some good, 
There is some bad, but ultimately that is where the Nationals are at right now. They don't want to sink a bunch of money in a player that, uh, you know, has, you know, maybe a much better batting average when potentially they have an option like that in the wings. So taking a look at it, the thing is for $5 million, he's worth a gamble. Uh, how many other established 30 homer guys come that cheap? And that's true. If he actually had a higher batting average, the Nationals probably would not have been able to afford him. I think they wouldn't even, we wouldn't even be talking about right now. I don't think that Rizzo would have even uh, approached the situation. Uh, he wants to make small moves, you know, cheap deals, uh, because let's face it, the Nationals are going to be stacked in years to come. That is my true belief. And, you know, despite the fact that it seems like these moves are lackluster, and what are you thinking, Mike Rizzo? I get it. I understand what he's trying to do. It's all a part of a master plan of this team being really good in years to come with prospects. Now, I understand that prospects are a bit of a question mark. Um, you know, sometimes players that played really good in college, sometimes the players that played really good in minor league baseball, sometimes that doesn't necessarily translate to the major league. I get that. But at least on paper, I do believe the Nationals will be in a good position for years to come. All right, so coming up here after the break, we talked about offense, what he's going to mean for the Nationals, but how about defensively? I'll discuss next. All right, welcome back into this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, brought to you on the Believe Podcast Network. We're a part of TalkNats.com. So talking about Joey Gallo, you know, these small moves in the offseason, you know, we're looking for this big piece. And I think that to a certain extent, Nationals fans, you know, we're hoping, we're praying for a big move, something to just get us all excited about the pending upcoming season. And I'm here to say that you should probably tamper those expectations. So we talked about that the Nationals got Joey Gallo on the cheap. We talked about that he has pop in his bat. We've talked about uh, that his batting average is lackluster. Uh, so it's the it's the good, it's the bad, but where does he fit in defensively? He is a bit versatile, and if I'm going to theorize here for a minute where I see him potentially fitting in, it could be left field. Now, there are question marks about making a statement like that. What is the status of Stone Garrett going to be? Um, I don't want to you know, dismiss Stone Garrett. I don't want to put him as an extra guy in the outfield. I think that when he was given his opportunity, Stone Garrett far exceeded my expectations and I think he far exceeded most nationals expectations so a lot is in play taking a look at it that could potentially put Joey Manessis at first base now listen I don't love the idea of Joey Manessis being the everyday starter uh, at first base I don't I think that he can be do that sparingly uh, but I don't think that uh, he is going to excel at that position so the Nationals do have a question mark out there uh, that you know potentially Dom Smith could be there uh, and you take a look at Joey Gallo who is you know versatile could he potentially play over there a lot of questions remain so there's still probably another lineup hole to be filled, uh, if not with any everyday player than a part-time player. Uh, by the way, if you were one of those hoping to see Reese Hoskins, uh, he reportedly signed a two-year $34 million deal with the Brewers late Tuesday night. This was according to, to Masson. So I was, you know, kind of one of the guys that was in the boat hoping that Reese Hoskins would come here. I ultimately didn't see it happening. It was one of the things that I had hoped for, uh, but ultimately is not to be. 
If it works out, that plan should change next winter. Until then, Joey Gallo is the kind of player you should expect them to sign. Small moves uh, until the next wave of prospects comes. But again, you know, if you are one of the Nationals fans that has a question mark about why they're making these small moves, to reiterate, uh, if you've listened to this entire podcast, it is going to be small moves until the next wave uh, of big players is ready. And then I think it's going to be a game changer. I don't think the Nationals are going to wander out into the wilderness for a long period of time. I just think that they're putting these small pieces into place. And then once the prospects are ready to go, I think the team will be fully realized. And then I think that uh, Rizzo will go out and try to make big acquisitions to fill holes in the lineup if, for say, some reason these prospects do not live up to where we had them slotted to be. Listen, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Today's episode is also brought to you, and we want to thank our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.